Um, if you'll just bow your head, close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace today. God, you have kept us from dangers that we saw. And then, God, you kept us from dangers that we didn't even see it coming. God, you've even kept us from dangers that we have nobody to blame but ourselves for the situation that we ended up in. But God, you kept us in spite of ourselves. So Lord, we want you to know that we appreciate everything that you've done. And God, we thank you for allowing a spirit of gratitude and appreciation to well up on the inside of us. That it pushed us to express ourselves in worship and praise and thanksgiving. Lord, you're a good God. And God, you deserve for us to say thank you. Lord, we ask that you'll bless your servant. Lord, that we might be used by you to share your word for this waiting congregation. Oh God, keep me mindful that without you, I can do absolutely nothing. But God, with you, all things are possible. Oh Lord, I decrease in order that you might increase. Have your way. This is our prayer. In Jesus' precious name, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. What a wonderful worship experience this has been. Amen. We could almost open the doors of the church right now. Amen. Amen. Yes, we could. Uh, today was my introduction to the male chorus. Amen. And we got some bros that can sing, y'all. Yeah, we, we got some bros that can sing. Amen. I've, I've heard about them. Um, but I had not been able to witness for myself. Uh, and I'm grateful for uh, the music ministry that comes from the voices of men. Sisters, I don't mean anything, but, but sisters are always, always have been in the church, always have been worshipers and praisers. But listen, it's a blessing to be able to hear and to see men worshiping the Lord to see men raise a holy hand in the sanctuary to see men praise the Lord amen uh, and to praise God with energy and praise God with the best that they have to offer um, so we again we thank God for uh, our men amen that make up the male the male chorus I heard um, Reverend Greg Amen. Leading the solo. Amen. He's got a voice. Amen. A wonderful voice. And, and then I heard Reverend Peter's son. Amen. Uh, Stanley. Amen. A great voice. Amen. Uh, and then I heard uh, Brother Spencer. Amen. A great voice. Amen. I, I wish I could sing y'all. Amen. I wish I could. And I think God knows what he's doing because uh, if I could sing, I wouldn't do much preaching. I, I, I would do more singing, Brother Mick Barnett, than I would do preaching. Um, so I sit and I admire, again, the gifts that God has given each of you. This has been an awesome um, World Missions Sunday. Amen. Missionaries, would you stand?
Amen. Let's praise the Lord for our missionaries. Come on, let's praise the Lord. We're praising God for our missionaries. Yeah, we thank God for you. Amen. We thank God for each of you, and we thank God for the president of our parent body, Mrs. Loveline Perkins. Amen. We thank God for your leadership. Amen. That's right. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise for leadership. And then we thank God for our wise, am I saying it right, that led, that participated in the worship service. It was the wise. Amen. We thank God for each and every one of them. They did a wonderful job uh, standing, maybe with blood butterflies in your stomach, but still you pressed on and, and shared in the worship service, and we're grateful. We're grateful for it. I got a strange message today. It's strange because I know that this is global missions. Amen. And missions is what you do. It really is what we do. But hear me, we are disciples who do missions. Did you catch what I said? We, we are disciples that do missions amen so let me just read one verse of scripture and I want to challenge all of us today and that one verse of scripture is found in verse number 28 for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counted the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it again I'm hanging on that and counted not the cost I want to talk about it cost to follow him it cost to follow him would you say that with me it cost to follow him amen it, it cost to follow him again I said that you are disciples who do missions discipleship is one of the most important things that the church is tasked to do a disciple is a person who is disciplined to follow Jesus. See, a disciple is not an undisciplined person. But a disciple is a disciplined person who follows the Lord Jesus Christ. A disciple of Christ is disciplined you and I cannot claim to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and be undisciplined I'm gonna make somebody mad today discipled or disciplined people are able to control themselves help me Jesus I, it, should I finish should I end right here somebody can I can I keep going Discipled people are able to control themselves. Hear me. 
They're able to, to control the way they live. They're able to control the way that they work. They're able to control the way they behave. Somebody say amen. I know I'm right today, y'all. Amen. Amen. This one just ain't for missionaries. This for all of us up in here today. A disciple of Jesus Christ is a disciplined person. A disciplined life is a life that is willing to give up something in order that you might get something that only the Lord is able to give you. I'm all up in the text, y'all. Again, a discipled life is a life that is willing to give up something in order to get something better that only Jesus can give you. A discipled life is a life of sacrifice. A discipled life is a life that is surrendering something. A discipled life is a life that kisses something goodbye. You can't hold on to everything and still follow the Lord Jesus Christ. No, baby, if, you, if you're going to follow Christ, hear me, the Lord is going to show us some things that you're going to have to kiss goodbye. There's some things you'll have to kiss goodbye and guess what? There's some people that you're going to have to say bye-bye. When you follow Christ and you're his disciple, it requires us to have a disciplined, a controlled life that we live. So you and I can't say that's just me and that's just how I am. No, uh, uh not when you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It requires of us to give something up, to give somebody up in order that we might follow him. So I got a question for you. Do you really want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you really want to follow after him? Are you ready for a disciplined life? Are you ready to control how you live? Are you ready to control how you behave? Hear me. Disciplined people are people that understand the importance of giving something up so that you can get something better that only the Lord can give you. Everyone's life is shaped by their commitments. Somebody say commitments. Everybody's life is shaped by what or who they are dedicated to. What or who they are loyal to. What or who they are relying on and dependent on. I become, you become, whatever we become, it's based on our commitments. If you commit to nothing, 
become nothing. Listen, if you, if you can just do what you want to do and say what you want to say and go where you want to go, that's not being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And hear me, that's why I say you can come to church all you want to. Because coming to church is not what makes me a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. What makes me a disciple is that I'm dedicated and committed and willing to give something up or give somebody up in order that I might follow after Christ. You can wear white and put a stole on if you want to. That does not make you a disciple of Christ any more than standing in your garage makes you a mechanic. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? It requires of us to make commitments. And again, I say that if you're committed to nothing, then you and I won't be nothing. What we get out of life is equivalent or equal to what we commit to. Sometimes we don't get what we want out of life because we've demonstrated no commitment to what it is that we say we want. Things don't just happen. Things happen when you start making commitments. When we don't make commitments, then I'm here to tell you, it ain't ever going to happen. Things start happening. Things start popping off when we make commitments. What is it that you want it to happen, but it has not happened yet because you have not committed yet? Hear me. Things get better because we made a commitment. To make it better. We want God to do everything. God said no I ain't doing everything. God says there's some things that you are supposed to do. I tell folk all the time. God, God doesn't change all of our situations. And we think that God's going to change all of our. No he doesn't. God changes you and me. And he expects you and me to bring change to our own situations. We've got the power. We've got the Holy Ghost. We have the wherewithal. If we're sick and tired of it, then do something to change the situation. Because ain't nothing going to change until we get sick and tired of things being the way that they are. Somebody say amen. amen. If you and I want better in some area of our life, we must demonstrate commitment. If you want to get in shape, Commit to it. Somebody say, I know that's right. If you want to be debt free, commit to it. If you want that degree, commit to it. If you want to start your own business, commit to it. If you want your organization or your church to be better, commit to it. If you want the relationship to be better, commit to it. We think people are born great. People are not born great. What makes people great is their commitments. They make great sacrifice. They surrender because of what they give up, because of what they commit to. We see greatness. The door to greatness is available to everybody. 
you have to be committed, devoted, dedicated, loyal, and faithful to make it happen. The ministry can be great. The church can be great. The organization can be great. The relationship can be great. But we must commit. Somebody say commit. Amen. That's a word I could stop right there, y'all. Amen. That's a, that's a good word. Commitment. Because a lot of times people talk a good game. But you've heard that old adage that says actions speak louder than words. We say one thing, but what we see and what we get is something altogether different. Great people are ordinary people that have made great commitments for the cause of Christ and for somebody else. Commitment makes us better. Commitment makes us able to do great things for the Lord. Verse 25 shares with us, once when Jesus is in town, there's a large crowd of people that were going along or following him. So that's verse 25. This tells us that Jesus wasn't just taking a walk by himself. But Jesus had some people that were impressed by what he was doing. So they followed him. Jesus had a great crowd of people that followed. Jesus drew a packed crowd. When Jesus came to town, folks showed up. Jesus is at a popular place in his ministry. He is well known at this particular time. However, Jesus is suspicious about the crowd. <laughs> that's a good word, somebody. Somebody saying, Pastor, you keep saying that's a good word. Listen, uh, because it's a good word. <laughs> Jesus is suspicious of the crowd that is following him. He's a little cagey about uh, just who's in the number. So Jesus begins to weed out the people in the crowd that he believes is following him for the wrong reason. Are y'all still with me today? Hear me, some of the people that are in the crowd, they're in the crowd because Jesus has done some miracles. Yes, he has. Jesus has healed the blind. Jesus healed those that had leprosy. He healed those that were sick. Uh, he healed those that were demon-possessed. Hear me, some of the people in the crowd wanted the miracles that Jesus had to offer. They just didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. See, they wanted what he had, but they didn't want a relationship with him. Sometimes we must be careful, lest we're coming because of the miracles. We're coming because we want the Lord to do something for us. We want the Lord to give us the money to pay our bills, and we want the Lord to heal us when we're sick. We want the Lord to give us the promotion. We want the Lord to send us that man or send us that woman. We must be careful of following the Lord for what he can do for us. Because the problem is, what, what do you do when God doesn't give you what you ask God for? Listen, do, do you still come to church? 
Do you still lift up holy hands in the sanctuary? Do you still give your tithes and give your offerings? Do you still serve the Lord when the Lord doesn't give you what you ask for? What do you do when things don't go like we want them to go? Somebody needs to say amen because we've experienced situations in our own life where we wanted it to go one way, but it went another. Then the text says that some are in the crowd that are following Jesus for miracles, but some are in the crowd following Jesus because Jesus is providing some meals. Jesus feeding some folk. And some folks said, listen, this is, this is free food. And you know what people do when, when it's free food. People show up when it's time to eat and it's free. You always have a big crowd. When you got free food, somebody say amen. amen. Hear me, Jesus senses that the people that are following him are insincere. He just has an inkling that some of those that are following him are fake. Some of those that are following him are pretending. Some of those that are following him are two-faced. This large crowd following Jesus for miracles and meals, but they were not there for ministry. They were not there for missions. They were not there to be servants. Some of them were not there to do nothing for nobody else but themselves. Some of them that were in the crowd were selfish, self-serving, self-centered. They were there just for themselves. Question, why are you here? Are we here to serve and to help somebody else? Or if the real motive for our gathering was revealed that I'm only here for myself. Please understand that we're in the wrong place. Because the God that we serve is in the business of serving somebody else. He said it himself. He said I came not to be served but to serve I read an email that says uh, that, that a leader is not known by the number of servants he has but a leader is known by how many people he serves how many people are you serving uh, are you and I just serving thank you Tony or are you just serving yourself the church of Jesus Christ has been more concerned with ourselves sometimes and not anybody else. There were people in the crowd that were not disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is about to separate the crowd from those that are in the crowd and those that are committed. He's going to separate the crowd from the committed. He's going to separate the crowd from the committed. He's separating the crowd from the committed. Are you with me? How do you determine the crowd and the committed? I'm so glad 
you ask. You determine the crowd from the committed by who really is committed or willing to pay the cost. If you ain't willing to pay the cost, then you're in the crowd. But when we are willing to pay cost, then we are committed. Jesus put some demands on the people to determine the crowd brothers and sisters from the committed disciples. Look at him. He says in verse 25, those who come after me cannot be my disciples unless they love me more than they love their father, their mother, their husband, their wife, their children, your boo. He says, you got to love me more than you love anybody else. Hear me this morning. I want to be clear. Listen, I love my wife. Yeah, I, I love Patrice Lachelle. And I believe that Patrice Lachelle loves Brian Scott Relford Sr. Yeah, she loves me. I love her. Listen, she shows me. And she says, I'm sometimes. So sometimes I guess I show her. But I know she loves me. And she knows that I love her. But hear me, let's be clear. When it comes to my relationship with God, Patrice Lachelle is not number one. When it comes to my relationship with God, God is number one in my life. When it comes to her relationship with God, I am not number one. But God is number one and I am number two. But hear me, because of my relationship with God, God makes me a better husband for Patrice. God makes me a better daddy for my son and my daughters. All because of the relationship with God that's first. You don't have to say amen. I know I'm right this morning. God makes us better. For the other relationships that we have. And I'm telling you, you and I cannot make ourselves better. The only one who can make us better is the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes us better for any and everybody else. So hear me, I just believe that, that the pecking order of relationships is this way. The pecking order. My first relationship is with God. I'm teaching for a moment. My, my first relationship, my priority relationship is God first. And then the secondary relationship or priority is my spouse. Catch me, not my children. Because sometimes we make the mistake and we put sons and daughters first before our spouse. And the problem is what happens to the relationship when the son and daughter leave home? Then we struggle in the relationship that should have been second priority. But because children were, the marriage suffers. God first, my spouse next. And then my children. Because God makes us better. For any and everybody else. Anybody know that you ain't perfect? Come on this morning. Anybody you, you know that you are not perfect. But hear me. You also know that you are better. Because you got a relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are better than you used to be. Listen, you don't cuss as bad. You don't get mad as quick. You don't drink as much now. Come on, somebody help me in here. It ain't that you stop, but you see progress that you made in your life. So listen, please be patient with me. God, he ain't through with me yet. And if God ain't through with me, you ought not be through with me. Jesus says it cost. The text says, Jesus says, we must love the Lord more than we love ourselves. My goodness. Jesus, you mean to tell me I got to love you more than I love myself? It's in verse 26. We live in a narcissistic world. We live in a vain and conceited and egocentric world. The text says, you and I must love the Lord more than we love ourselves. So it ain't about what I want. Not about what you want. But it has everything to do with what God wants. So you can't tell me what you can't do. You can't tell me what you never will do. Because this is what I believe. I believe that if God is able to raise Jesus from the dead, then God can raise us from out of any dead situation that we might be in. And if you believe that God raised Jesus, then what you're saying is I believe that the God that I serve can raise me or anybody else from anything that's dead. He's got that kind of power. So, so don't tell me God can't do it. When I love him more than I love myself. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not done, but I'll, I'll be done. Amen. I'm, I'm, I said I'm not done, but I'll, I'll hurry and I'll, and I'll get done. Um, but the text says, around verse 34, Jesus says, Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, there's no way to make it salty again. Jesus says, it is no good for the soil. One translation says, or the manure pile. So Jesus says, when salt has lost its saltiness, it's not good for the manure pile. Now we all know what manure is. Jesus said, you ain't even good for the manure pile. That's, that's bad, somebody. The salt that loses its saltiness. Jesus said, you ain't good for manure. That's good. Y'all got it. Amen. Let's listen. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. The more salt stays on something, the more salt gets in what it's on. Salt keeps things, catch it, from spoiling. Salt keeps things from rottening. That's, that's, that's what salt does. And Jesus says, ye are the salt 
of the earth. So Jesus says, you ought to be able to keep things from spoiling. Keep things from rottening. Kimmy Union Wesley, and I'm done. The church, or the building in this case, is likened to a salt shaker. Salt is no good if it stays in the shaker. Are y'all with me? I said salt is no good if it stays in the salt shaker. Salt has got to get out the shaker. And salt has got to get on some potatoes. And get on some chicken. A lot of people come to the salt shaker. They come to worship. They come to sing. They come to run around. But the Lord wants us to be shaken out. The Lord wants us to be shaken on some people. Shaken on some places. Hear me, he's trying to shake you out on some crazy family members. He's trying to shake you out on some crazy people on your job. He's trying to shake you out on some neighborhoods. The Lord is trying to shake us out. We cannot stay in here, but he wants to shake us out. He wants to shake us on some potatoes. Shake us on some chicken. I'm done somebody. Hear me. You never hear people say that potatoes taste potato-y. You never hear people say chicken tastes chickeny. Chicken don't change nothing. Chicken doesn't change chicken. Potatoes don't change potatoes. But if you're looking for change, you need some salt. Salt is what makes it taste better. Salt is what makes it go down better. The Lord is saying, you are the salt. Make it better wherever you go. Make it taste better in your home. Make it better on your job. Make it better because you're the salt. Amen, somebody. We are the ones who make the difference. Not the potatoes. Not the chicken. But the salt. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. God, your word which was a relevant word. God, it's a word on this Global Mission Sunday. That God caused us to look at the fact that we're disciples who are called to go do missions. God, you declare that we're the salt of the earth. God, sometimes it seems like we've lost our edge. We lost, Lord, what it was we were once passionate and enthusiastic about. Oh, Lord, right now today I'm praying that you would restore our energy. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would revive our passion. God, when it comes not just to missions, but God, when it comes to ministry, we ask, oh God, that you would restore 
Oh God, when it comes to every area, every dimension of our life, we ask, oh Lord, that you would do in us what only you are able to do. Because God, it's only when you do in us what only you can that we are able to be salt that makes a difference. So God, I'm praying this morning if there's somebody that desires to be disciplined, that desires to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, we can come to church all we want to, but God, it's about relationship. Whoever is here for salvation, rededication, join this family of faith. Whoever is here, oh God, let them come. We open the doors of this church in Jesus' precious name. Let every heart say amen.